Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm really excited to be back in your earbuds again for an extra time this week where we are breaking down Bachelor in Paradise. And notice I said we, I am not alone today. I've got my good friend Emily with me. Say hi, Emily. Hi. I'm so excited. I'm really excited too. And if you guys are wondering why is Veronica talking about a ridiculous show like The Bachelor, then make sure you listen to the first bonus episode of the series where I talk a little bit about why I like watching The Bachelor and actually why I feel like I actually get something out of The Bachelor other than just pure guilty pleasure entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to it. And I feel like it's a little weird for people to hear you talking, Emily, without having any idea of who you are. So just really quickly, do you want to share a little bit about yourself just so we know who we're listening to? Sure. Hi, I'm Emily Castle. I am a soulful business and leadership coach for women entrepreneurs and Veronica and I have known each other and been in sisterhood together in a mastermind for this is the second year. Uh, We've been roommates before. We've shared really personal, intimate details about life and business and I am a fellow bachelor franchise lover, Bachelor Nation member, I guess, right? <laughs> How do we identify? Um, and, and you're also spiritual and yes, yes, and that personal too. development and like actually having like good, open, honest, you know, communication and intimacy. So yes, you, absolutely. It can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. <laughs> totally. We were talking about how we thought we were above this or something. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> the ego. Such good Please. TV. It's just such good TV. I can't it is. stop it. Um, actually, and I think I talked about this in the first episode, but just a total side note. If 
any of you all are in marketing or branding or have your own business, I think watching what the Bachelor franchise does and has done is just pure genius. Like it's just from a, a marketing standpoint, just as a case study, watching what they've done and like being able to just galvanize an entire <laughs> sex of people. <laughs> and it's been on for so long. I was just sharing, like, I remember watching the first episodes and I was in freaking high school, high school. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. I didn't watch that early. I think the first season that I watched was Sean Lowe or Emily Maynard. I don't remember. I was Sean on Emily's season? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Sean was on Emily's Sean. season. Yeah. But that was like, I was hooked. I actually, that was in college. So, you know. Yeah. I don't actually like, watched okay. Sean's season. I don't remember. There was like that lull in the middle. So, but I did watch Emily. I loved Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So anyways, so um, <laughs> as you all know, well, maybe you don't know because you listened to the first bonus episode, but we're going to break it down into a few segments. So the first segment is we're going to talk about a few situationships and some teachable moments. And then we're going to give out some patriarchy roses. And then we're going to talk about some moments that we're here for. And this is just moments we love, moments we think are hilarious, great TV, like however we define it. Um, and if you want to share some moments that you love from the Bachelor shows, then let me know. Tag me on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. You can also tag Emily because we want to know. She's Emily Castle. And I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, so let's start with situationships. Where do you want to start? Oh gosh. Start I with mean, like I the think, Blake drama because like yeah, I feel like I that's the say, biggest. <laughs> the elephant in the room. Let's just address that <laughs> first because there's right. so much and so literally a web of people pulled into this Blake vortex of chaos right, right. now. So. Right. So I talked a little bit about that in the first bonus episode and, and I'll just share a little quick recap of what I said and then I'd love to hear what you think. Um, first of all, I was accidentally calling Dylan Dustin. So if y'all listen to that, <laughs> I meant Dylan. I don't know why. I think there's another Dustin on Hannah's season and I was getting confused, but Dylan and Hannah and Blake are obviously in this love triangle. It's a little more complicated. There are some other women involved, but for right now it does seem to be like this three-way thing. and. My sense is, well, I already said Hannah is a people pleaser. She said, cause she said she's a people pleaser. I'm not just like labeling that. She said she's a people pleaser and she, um, you know, obviously struggles with self-worth and self-acceptance, I think, and like getting external validation and all that kind of stuff. I think that just goes hand in hand with being a people pleaser. And, you know, I just said, she's just not going to go for Dylan because Dylan's available. He's the nice guy. And that can get read as kind of boring, right? Mm. Whereas like Blake is the guy who's unavailable and that kind of like bumps up against a core wound that has related to her people pleasing tendencies. And so she's going to go for him unless she has some sort of like, I don't know, transformation or epiphany or something while on the beach. Kind of think that's not going to happen because she's also probably just there for Instagram followers. Let's be honest, but I'm just kind (laughs) of curious to hear what you thought. Oh, absolutely. So it feels like well, also this week we found out that Blake had flown to yeah. Birmingham to see Hannah before filming, and she hasn't said anything about it, which this people-pleaser tendency is getting her in a lot of trouble now. We're seeing this play out because she isn't being 100% honest if it would hurt someone else or hurt Blake's chances or whatever. She just doesn't want to cause any ripples, right? So my take on the whole situation is – Dylan is available. He's clear that he wants her and he's interested in pursuing her and having a relationship together. Whereas Blake is all over the place. In a way, I feel like this makes him look a little bit more 
desirable even to her. Mm -hmm. right? Like so many other women have wanted him, but now he's pursuing her. It creates this dynamic where it's like, oh my gosh, well, I'm the lucky one. I'm the chosen one. So it feeds the ego a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also think that, um, well, one thing that I think this highlights, and this isn't necessarily just out of talking about um, Blake and Dylan, mm -hmm. is that a lot of times, you know, I get a lot of feedback from my audience and they say, oh, but Veronica, I don't want to stop being a people pleaser because I really want to help people or because I'm genuinely a kind mm -hmm. person. And I think what this is really showing is that being a people pleaser hurts other people. Mm -hmm. And in fact, yes. it's actually very selfish to be a people pleaser because mm -hmm. it's, it, it feels like, it feels like a weird thing to say, or like a jumbo shrimp type of thing to say. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is that when you're only concerned, well, I don't want to create riffles or like, I need to please people so I feel good, so right. I can feel good about myself, so I can feel confident. Like that's super selfish. And it's just the other side of the coin of narcissism, right? I'm not saying that like you're narcissist or people pleaser, but they're very much related and similar behavioral patterns. And so obviously Dylan's gonna get massively hurt in this situation. And other mm -hmm. people are gonna get hurt too. Like Tasha feels betrayed, and who knows how this is going to continue to play itself out. But I just want to remind you that if you identify as a people pleaser and you're listening to this or um, you have resistance, like, I don't want to not be a people pleaser. I, I like helping people. I want to help people. There's difference between being a people pleaser and being kind. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, that's such a good point. Yes. And everybody else is kind of getting caught in the wake of this people pleasing Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like Blake might be a little bit that way too. Like he's so concerned about his own image, but it's sort of masquerading as this, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know? Well, he's almost displaying some narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. Because yeah. like he, which, which makes sense because people pleasers and narcissists are just like magnetized Yes, because they feed off each other so beautifully, like not in a mm -hmm. way that you necessarily want to be in, but it's just like a perfect <laughs> match in a lot of ways. Right. Because, you know, he released um, Kaylin, the text exchange with Kaylin. Mm -hmm. This is obviously off the show and this gets more into like gossipy territory than actually what we saw on the show. But, you know, it's, you know, all over Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and apparently, you know, he deliberated for a long time around whether or not to do this. Apparently everyone told him not to do it and he still did it anyways because he just cared so much about his reputation and he wanted to keep that like, gentleman teddy bear image that he had gotten after after becca season and he just was gonna take down anyone that he needed in order to save his reputation mm -hmm. yes yeah anything else around that um love triangle i think we'll see a lot of it play out but i'm just kind of curious like what do you think dylan should do at this point because we saw some previews obviously but also hannah's just not being very kind she's not yeah. being kind to to Dylan. And so it kind of brings up the question of like, Hey, Dylan, man, you got some self-respect, right? Like she's mm. not, she's not being nice to you. Yeah. I get that it's paradise and you're supposed to explore. And she just, she keeps like, she, Hannah just keeps like putting, um, what's the, what she, she just keeps making excuses. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Oh, well, like it's paradise. And I, and I owe it to myself. I promised myself I would explore or mm -hmm. I would just keep my options open. Like she keeps saying things like that. And at some point you're like, no, this is not that this is something else. And so I'm just kind of curious, like what Dylan's going to do and what do you think he should do? Mm. I think he should back way off and go pursue something else, you know? 
I don't know that that's realistic or that's what he will choose to do, but I think that's probably the best choice at the moment from the outside perspective of seeing this the whole thing unfold and knowing what we know now about yeah. Blake flying to see Hannah and all this stuff. It's just it's sort of like, wow, they really both deceived him. And so if he sticks around, he's sort of asking for it. He's asking to be hurt in a way or just being mm-hmm. blind to the red flags. So yeah. <laughs> that seems to be happening a lot. People <laughs> totally we'll talk about that, but people seem to be really blind to a lot of red flags coming up. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> think that I mean if I, I think Dylan's act I'm gonna make a prediction. I think Dylan's gonna leave. <laughs> you think like leave paradise? Yeah, because I think Maybe. that Hannah's gonna choose Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he'll leave on his own accord or because she doesn't give him the rose or no one oh, gives him a rose? That's a good question. Um, hmm. I think he's well liked enough by the other people there that if they don't have a strong connection with someone that they will give, somebody will give him a rose. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. How I many people, four guys are going I think home. Four though. guys are going home. And so oh. that's a lot. That's a lot. And yeah. So we know Cam's going home, probably. Cam's going home. Guys, <laughs> if Jordan's coming home, all going home, but that'll make me really sad. Cause he's I know. Crazy. I don't think he can. I think they're gonna make him stay somehow. Um, Throw in a loophole or something. Oh shoot! Who else did I think was going home? Oh, Kevin's definitely going home. Is Kevin the one that we don't even see? Kevin's the my- one that last time he said he complimented Katie on her romper and said most women can't pull that off. Because they don't have remember. the physique. I gave him a patriarchy rose last time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so is I'm he glad he didn't. From Hannah's season? He's kind uh, of. He's, was he from Hannah's season? I think so. Is it the guy that on the last, last night's episode, the second part of this week's on Tuesday night, was talking to Wells at the bar about Sydney? Maybe. Yes, okay. I think so. Okay. I think Wells might actually be going home. Wait, Wills, you mean? Wills. Wills, the, Wills, Wills the bartender. Wills the bartender. Wills, yeah. That's so confusing. One letter difference that phonetically <laughs> sounds the same on a podcast. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Dylan's going to go home and I think mm-hmm. he might leave on his own accord. He's just going to be like, screw it. Kind of like what um, What's His Face did last year, grocery store Joe. Mm, yeah. And that worked out for him, though. Like, he and Kendall, they're still going strong, right? Yeah, they are. They are. They might even be engaged. I'm not sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love them together, by the way. Yeah. She was (laughs) one of my favorites. I liked her a lot. Um, Very conscious. I like her. Very L.A. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So, the next situation ship. Do you want to dive into the next love triangle? Nicole, Clay, and Christian? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is a brilliant thing. I didn't talk about this at all on the podcast. Okay. is a brand new situation ship. <laughs> okay. So my take is, let me actually pull up my notes for this one. Cause I had a lot of thoughts that I wrote down. My <laughs> first thought was good for you, Nicole, play that field and take those opportunities and go on those dates, go on the date with Jordan, go on the date, you know, like, mm-hmm. sure. But I thought it was kind of funny when she was like, Bye, Clay. I'll be back. And then she like struts away with Anyeka. Like, and Anyeka's like, she just strutted away. I just thought that was so funny and accurate because she was. She was like, maybe he'll be jealous, you know? Maybe oh, she, he'll yeah. think I'm a hot commodity and want me more. It's like, how, 
How do you want him to want but you? She was totally her? right though. Like Clay yeah. was like, well, maybe we should even talk about being exclusive. This is after Jordan's date, not oh. after Christian's date, right? Wait, I missed that part. Okay. So yeah. And I think, you know, he does, I think she's, what she's looking for from Clay is for him to be more assertive. And I think what that translates to from my perspective and probably yours too, is like she asking him to be more masculine yeah. in some way. And now, but it's not that he isn't, he's actually quite, he's a little bit passive and quiet, but he mm-hmm. is very strong and he is very clear and he has a lot of other amazing qualities. But then Christian strolls in with his like, like toxic, toxic masculinity and yeah. machismo walking in. And she's like, whoop, a moth to a flame. And also feels like, she's like, really me? Like she almost feels unworthy. It sounds like of his attention mm-hmm. or his yeah. like adoration yeah. in some way. And it, she also says, he reminds me of someone I would date at home in Miami and they have this shared cultural language situation, um, which I think is really special and important for bonding right off the bat. I think she's getting a little bit blinded to a lot of the other things. And we'll see how that plays out next week with the continuation of this fight. But it feels like it's sort of self-destructing between he and Clay and her. And I feel like he's going to work himself out of the equation by just being how he is and demonstrating his worst qualities because they keep being triggered and coming out from being in this scenario. Yeah. One thing I love about Nicole is she is so good at that feminine energy. Mm. Like she can Mm -hmm. just like really rock it. And it's not necessarily in how, and this is what I'm talking about with people want to see like the essence of like what it means to just be in your feminine. That's not just like how you dress or how you have your right. makeup. Cause I don't even know if she has that much makeup on. She's just wearing a freaking bathing suit, like something special mm-hmm. about what she's wearing, but she just has this energy of like this feminine. And actually mm-hmm. I did briefly mention her last week when um, Bibiana was also vying for clay. And I was like, Bibiana was totally in her masculine, but mm. Nicole was just like a feminine, like, you know, all, all, all the way. And so clay really went for that. And so she's obviously really attracted to a masculine, a strong masculine energy. And she even said like, I want to be led. Like I want to be mm. like, I don't know. She just, I don't know, whatever. She, you get the point. She, she totally has that. And then, but then clay's like almost like not enough like it's not enough masculinity. And so then this toxic guy comes in. And so I think that's what, like what drove a lot of that moth mm-hmm. to flame. And also like, she's just so shocked and, and you can tell that she just has had a lot of, you know, struggles with self-worth and confidence, which we all have to be honest, but like, you know, hers have been really been exacerbated. And then having these three guys ask her on a date, like right in a row, like she keeps calling herself the bachelorette in paradise. And it's just, <laughs> It's hard to let that go because it feels good when someone's really into you. I get Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, totally. I think she's getting all of this new attention and she's like loving it and wants to keep it going in some way, but maybe it's not coming from the best source, you know, but it doesn't matter because it's just feeding the, now at that point, it feels like it's feeding the ego a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. the wanted, which I get, I mean, it's natural to feel that way. And I would probably feel the same. So totally, totally. So I highly recommend for people to watch that part of the episode. If you want to see the difference between a healthy masculine, which is clay and then an unhealthy or a toxic masculine, which is Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, 
A couple of the things I just want to point out is she said two things that if you ever find yourself saying in a relationship, if you're listening, then maybe see it as a red flag. She said mm. two things. One, she said, and I think you mentioned it, that um, Christian felt so familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, if someone feels familiar, um, I don't want to say like that's always a bad sign because like I do think that like when two souls meet and they're like, divinely connected in some ways. Like I think it can be a similar experience, but also when someone feels really familiar because you've dated a lot of guys like that, Mm -hmm. or maybe they have characteristics like your parents, especially your dad, (laughs) Mm -hmm. those are all going to be red flags of like, okay, what part of me is attracted to him? Is it like the deeper, um, like intuitive soul knowing kind of place of me or is it um, that inner wound, like the inner child that's wounded that, mm. you know, needs love or security or comfort and doesn't believe she can give that to herself? Mm. So that's the first red flag that I saw. And then the second red flag is she, when she got back from the date, I forget who she was talking to, but Nicole was talking to one of her friends and she was saying, mm-hmm. chemistry is just like, I forget what word she used to describe it, but she said something just like magnetic or fireworks mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, rah, 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 yeah. <laughs> red flag, red flag. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so generally speaking, when the, when the, when the chemistry, the physical attraction is just like, must have you, like, it feels like that addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's, usually again like that part of you that's just getting bumped up against that has that inner child wounding and that and that void that's going to feel like it's going to feel good but it's probably just going to come all bursting down in flames which as we got some previews for next week it seems like it might have (laughs) (laughs) yeah I want to add to that a little bit because in if you guys are watching Bachelor in Paradise chances are you've watched The Bachelorette that just ended and it's almost a parallel situation of Hannah and Luke right where she was like he just feels so familiar to me I just feel like I've known him in a past you know life almost is kind of what she's saying and Um, also there's just something that keeps pulling me back to him, even though the red flags are totally there. Everybody else is seeing them. Everybody else is bringing them to her attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's even noticing them, but she's like, but there's still something. So I think that's such a great way to remember to look at relationships as growth opportunities as well, because sometimes we just learn so much about ourselves and what needs to be healed for us through the way that it feels to be in relationship with someone, uh, whether that's like the super fiery, passionate and feeling, um, like that sense of familiarity Mm -hmm. or, and, and that makes it so hard too, because it's like, okay, then what am I looking for? Cause that's kind of the, the, narrative or the picture or the relationship that we've all seen portrayed to us on our TV screens and movie screens and all of that is like, this is what it looks like to be in love. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not the most healthy option. And so when someone like clay comes along and it's like, Oh yes, this is stable and wonderful and perfect, but it's not exciting. You know, it's not the most exciting thing. And I feel like if someone can just come sweep me off my feet and I can totally forget about this person, then maybe it's not good enough. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I think I hear a lot, you know, oh, well, I'm just not attracted to the good guys. They're always boring. And this is, 
I mean, Dylan is quote unquote boring. Clay is quote unquote boring. And whatever mm-hmm. other triangles come up, I'm sure if there's going to be a boring guy, then there's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's always what, you know, the, the dichotomy is. And it's hard to learn. I think it just is a practice of really knowing yourself and knowing when is it fear? When is it intuition? When is it my ego? When is it something that's just bumping up against a core wound? When is it like really a soul connection? Cause you know, like Hannah will say, well, both Hannah's really and Nicole and probably everyone say, I was just following my heart. I was just following my mm. heart. And I'm like, okay, your heart, do you mean like your ego? When you say your heart, do you mean like that core yeah. wound? When your heart, do you mean that void? Or is it really your heart? And for most of these instances, it's not like their intuitive, like deeper knowing. It's like that ego or the fear or the core wounding that we think is our quote unquote heart. Cause it feels good. Like we have to acknowledge that it feels good. Right. And maybe by following their heart, they're, they're actually saying following the pleasure or the like high or, you know, what are they, what do they actually mean by that? And that's such a great point too, because that's something that I've always been like, what does that mean to these people? Because they keep making decisions that as a viewer, you're like, what? (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. But mm, I don't know. Right. And it's so easy when you're watching, when you're watching them on TV, you're like, Oh God, what idiots. But it's like, you're getting the whole story. And also there's, you're removed from the situation. It's not your life. It's not your emotions. It's not your voids and it's not your core wounds that Mm-hmm. that's getting bumped up against. And um, when it, you know, especially when we talk, well, we talk about Hannah, like bachelorette Hannah, we only saw her dad for a little bit during the final episode, but like, he's a, seems like a pretty conservative, like mm-hmm. guy, like, I don't know about politically. I'm not talking about politically. I just mean like religiously and socially, like the way mm-hmm. he was talking to her about yeah. gender roles and the man providing and everything. And so on some level, Luke probably reminded her (laughs) of her dad, like not in a conscious way, but an unconscious way. And that was like that. He just feels like home or that's where Mm -hmm. that, that passion comes from. Cause there's, um, cause there's just like that. Yeah. There's just that familiarity. And so Mm I don't know Hannah. Well, I guess we did meet Hannah G's parents in Colton season. I don't really remember them. I do fairly, you know, straight laced or whatever. Um, but it's not uncommon for girls and women to be people pleasers because that's honestly how mm-hmm. women are, are, are girls are raised and then they become women. And um, especially in more, I, I, I think I would say, especially more socially conservative communities, but not mm-hmm. exclusively socially conservative communities. Right. Um, and it's been how we've learned and evolved to survive because if we don't make ripples, it's safer to be a woman. Thousands of you know, thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago or decades or now in some places. So it makes sense that we feel that way or that we're conditioned that way. But luckily for us living in the Western world as women today, we have, we don't need, that's optional. You know, we can, we can heal that. And we can also learn this stuff on TV by watching shows yes! like The Bachelor. <laughs> I agree. I love this because this is the stuff I'm thinking about while I'm watching. So I love oh, I know this is, We're and this is why I love TV. watching. I mean, this is why I love watching TV, like mm-hmm. about societal things or relationships. Like, so I love How I Met Your Mother. I love Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I love well, okay, I love The Crown, but mostly just because I like royals. But um. <laughs> Um, anyways, fan of aristocracy. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Um, could you imagine to the point of like, they don't see this because they don't 
have the perspective and distance and seeing the whole picture of their own lives. But could you imagine someone filming and recording you dating a bunch of people? Like, I can't even imagine. I know. Oh my gosh. And then watching it back and being like, Oh, duh. I see that now. I see I, that I, like, I've heard like- from people who've gone on the show, like, after a while, you just forget. And you can kind of see Hannah's evolution. Like, mm-hmm. she, like, worked to the camera at the end, like, and after the final rose and the men tell all. But do you remember Colton's after the final rose and she could hardly get a sentence out? And I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be a long season. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, but anyways, so let's jump to um, another situationship. Do you want to talk about Cam? Yes. Oh, Cam. (laughs) Poor Cam. What can we learn from Cam? Okay. So Cam is, um, for those of you who don't watch the Bachelorette, let me just fill you in real quick. So Cam was on Hannah's season, the Bachelorette. She was the most recent Bachelorette and now he's in Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, I don't know if I said this, by the way, is just a bunch of contestants who didn't win on previous Bachelor and Bachelorette shows, and now they're on a beach, and they're supposed to have their second shot at finding love. I should have said that probably at the beginning. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, Cam was from um, Hannah's season of The Bachelorette, and he was definitely a villain. Mm. Um, and there's always a couple villains per uh, for per season, and he got a little shadowed because there was like a real villain. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, gosh, I probably should do an episode just on Luke and what we can learn about the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Cam is just kind of like this weird dude. Like he, um, he, like he always says, like I just, I just got an ABC, ABC, always be Cam. But like he doesn't <laughs> read people's energy very well or signals, and so he just says things or does things that really piss people off. Um. You know, like, I mean, I'm not in the business diagnosing, so I'm not going to say anything, but I just wonder if there's something off about him socially. Like, I just yeah. don't think he understands. And, and and unfortunately, people are mean to him. They don't like him. Um, he's kind of bullied. And he kind of is a jerk to other people, too, but I'm not sure that he totally gets it. I don't think he means to be ever, honestly. Yeah. Like, after hearing all the things that he's shared on bachelor in paradise so far about his intentions and like getting very emotional about making the phone calls to his parents and his future fiance's parents. And I just, I feel for cam. I think he just doesn't have the emotional intelligence for whatever reason to deal with this situation, let alone be successful in finding love without doing some inner work. Right. Right. From a place of a healthy, a healthy relationship. Yeah. You know? So, and, and basically like what I see from him and I see other people doing, he's not the only one, but one of the women, Kaylin, who was kind of in the Blake drama. I talked about her more last week on the bonus episode. Uh, it was the night before the rose ceremony. The men were giving out the roses, which means the women were potentially on a chopping block because there is more women than men. And Kaylin was like, basically like in her head, oh crap, I got to get a rose. And so she just pulled Cam aside because she knew no one else was going to mm-hmm. be, you know, hitting on him or whatever, trying to mack with them. And so she goes and talks to him and they kiss and he just falls in love. And he's just talking about like, I could see us together. This might be my future wife. And he just goes like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a little sad. And then the next episode starts off with Cam, just like, I think he wrote like a poem or something. Yes. That was painful. Just like sitting there like, Oh God, I just wanted your rose, dude. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's gosh. going across her face? And then Mike and- comes in. She's like, save me from Cam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. And, and so basically though, I think what we can learn from him is that a lot of times we fall in love with the idea mm-hmm. of someone. Um, the expectation. Or the too. expectation of someone, yeah, versus who the other person actually is. And I think we've all yeah. been guilty of this. So like, you know, Cam is just in love with the idea of getting married and meeting his perfect wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even really know Kaylin that well, but he's just like putting all of that on her. And so by Kaylin going out with these other guys now, he is just like heartbroken. I mean, like destroyed. so destroyed. I mean, like, it's actually kind of like, is this the same guy from Hannah's season? Just seeing the way that he yeah. reacts. It's really sad, but this happens. Um, he's not the only one. The other person that I think this happened to is Annalise. Mm-hmm. Who, I didn't talk about her last week. Did I talk about her? I don't think I talked about her last week, but she is, she's been on a couple times. She was on Ari season. So she's like, you know, been around the block a little bit more than some of the other women um, in paradise. And she's obviously also very serious about meeting someone and mm-hmm. was doing like this weird flirtation checkup thing with Chris. <laughs> Remember last episode when she had like the thing that you hear at people's heart. It was just weird. That's Anyways. So weird. Um, <laughs> and like, and so she, he didn't give his rose to her. He gave it to Christina who was like super flirty and feminine and blah, blah, blah. And, and she kind of said like a snide remark when she didn't get the rose and she left. She said, just watch out for people, you know, who I forget what exactly what she said, but basically she was totally blindsided. And I'm like, dude, you got to read people's energy and you got to stop being in love with the idea of Mm -hmm. someone is. Right. Well, he built this up. He totally built this up and had her on a pedestal before even coming to Bachelor in Paradise. That's also true. Because he said, I wrote down these quotes, before I was on The Bachelorette, I wanted her to be my bachelorette. My dream girl, he called. Oh, I can't believe he said that, by the way. That's Yes. Whatever. That's me. I felt like he was just going in way too hot, pushing her away. It's repellent Mm -hmm. to most women when that happens from a man, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it was just a strange situation with this whole letter, poem, thing, note that he wrote to her. You could tell she was not feeling it. Um. And then at the end of it, he's like, don't let these stupid buttheads bring you down. I'm like, what? <laughs> are you five? Like he kind of fe- felt like so immature and not that it was just, I mean, maybe he meant it in a silly way. It just felt like, okay, if you're talking about being someone's husband and father and da da da, it just feels like that was a weird yeah thing to say I don't know it was just strange like the whole thing was just awkward to watch and I felt so bad for him and I felt well, I think that's the situation where the producers like put him up to it mm. don't you think I don't know maybe. No, I feel like maybe he was just trying literally like trying everything that he could I could see how he might do that if he's like this is the one I have to pull out all the stops I'm gonna do whatever I can and you know they're not they're kind of limited there about what they can and can't do and Maybe that's just what he was authentically feeling and thinking. I don't know. It just was so strange. Yeah, maybe, I, they, maybe they prodded it a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure like he might have said something 
mm-hmm. that like he wrote something down and then the producers were like, oh, what'd you write? Read I'll definitely yeah. tell that to her because, you know, Mike's coming or someone else is going to come and he's mm-hmm. going to whisk her away. So you got to, I don't know. I mean, I, I, obviously a lot of the producers have a lot of influence. We don't know exactly how much they're influenced, but you can kind of tell sometimes when something's definitely produced. Mm-hmm. Although it's less obvious that this year than last year. Last year, the production, like the way they produced everything was just like so obvious. It was ridiculous. Was last year at Bachelor in Paradise when Corinne and DeMario had the whole drama? That was two years before? ago. Okay. Yeah, that was when um, Dean and Christina mm-hmm. were there. Okay. Yeah. So I think in general, like from from watching Cam and, and Annalise, and I think this also has probably happened with other people. I'm just not remembering right now. I think it's really important to remember that you're responsible for your own energy and emotions. And so like if your energy or your emotions feel stronger than what is reality, like how strong the relationship actually is or how well you know the person, then it's not about playing a game. Cause then I, I, I can, I can, you know, I know what my listeners are thinking. And so I can, I can hear them thinking, but then I have to play a game. Like I can't come on too strong because I might scare someone away. So I have to act aloof. And like, that's not, I, I don't think that's what we're saying at all. Um, but you are responsible for your own energy and emotions. And so like, if you want to read like this, you know, lovey love poem to someone that you've only known for like a day, then you might need to check yourself like, okay, where is this intense energy or intense emotion coming from because it's probably not the person because I've only known them you know gone on one date or two dates or whatever in the real world and so you know that that might be an instance of you putting someone on a pedestal which is problematic for the relationship um, or just putting an expectation on them or being in love with the idea of them rather than the actual person and that's not playing a game that's just taking responsibility for your own stuff and then figuring out how you're going to manage it Um, and and then just taking the necessary steps and actions from there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wrote down something else that Derek, when they were all watching Cam walk on the beach and like be mopey about the Kaylin situation, <laughs> Derek says, uh, that's not how you attract a woman. <laughs> 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 Which I was just like, truth bomb. Thank you for pointing that out. That's so true. That is not how you attract a woman. Yeah. But also when you're so in it, like from Cam's perspective, when he's so in it right now, he's just had this whole pedestal situation, crashing down, expectations, feeling defeated, feeling like he's going home, whatever. Uh, Now he's just so in the tunnel of Kaylin that he can't even consider anything else and he's depressed and mopey and walking around. So yes, yeah. not, not a magnetic state of energy. <laughs> right. And I think we can re- definitely all relate to, you know, being in Cam's shoes mm-hmm. at some point in our life. And it's fine to be like that. It's not about not feeling your feelings at all, but I think also it's important to um, just, you know, when you leave your house or when you want to meet someone or when you're going on a date, like what's the energy that you're bringing? I think it's just a good reminder of that. Yeah. And like, granted, he can't hide from the cameras in this situation. Who knows what he would be like in real life? Maybe he'd just like self-seclude for a bit and deal with it and come back. But we're seeing the full spectrum of emotion here. So, right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. So let's jump into giving out some patriarchy roses. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to give a patriarchy rose to... Um, 
I don't know if it's like to Blake or to Dylan and Blake. Mm. It might be the same with the other love triangle, but they were fighting in front of Hannah. And it's Mm. like, just ask what Hannah wants. Like maybe she has an, has an opinion as to who she wants to be hanging out with in that moment and maybe like not speak for, for her. So I'm going to give both of them patriarchy roses. Mm. What about you? Okay. Well, I'm going to give Christian a patriarchy rose for (laughs) sure. You knew that was coming. (laughs) I, he was doing the same thing with Clay, but then Clay would be like, I don't want to put Nicole in a situation where she feels blah, blah, blah. And he was actually considering how she was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the whole toxic masculinity thing, we've talked about it. He's that. He's aggressive. It's like, why, why, why? Can you not? Yeah. You know, like there are better ways to deal with conflict. And then based on what we saw at the end of this week's episode, um, where he just is like attacking Jordan. He's just triggered by him coming over and making a joke. And we all know Jordan. He knows Jordan, but he and Jordan had an altercation at after the final rose, whatever. So I just feel like he's very easily set off. He's not very in control of his own emotions. He's just kind of fiery, which I get is sort of like a way that a lot of men are taught to be, you know, that's, it's common, but unfortunately it doesn't, it doesn't work and it doesn't fare well in relationships. And it is a representation of patriarchy for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to get one more patriarchy. Rose. There wasn't an overwhelming amount in this episode. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's just like, you know, I just, not that I've been giving out roses or patriarchy roses for a long time, but in my head, I'm like, <laughs> other episodes, there was a lot. The yeah. other one is, it was a fleeting moment. Um, I'm going to go back and rewatch it, but I'm just going to go ahead and give it a patriarchy rose is when Christina was talking more about um, Kaylin having mm-hmm. sex with Blake over stagecoach last April. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I'm giving her a patriarchy rose. You might be wondering, how do you can give a woman a patriarchy rose? It's because I think she's playing into this patriarchal idea of like pitting women against each other mm-hmm. as a way to get relationships, to get confidence, to get validation, to get men, to get, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And she was talking about her like when Kaylin was like kind of just sitting right there and yeah I think there was some slut shaming I think there was just trying to kind of galvanize you know a a, like Christina versus Kaylin thing and Kaylin was just like yeah I'm over that so fuck that which I which I appreciated um I mean at least what we saw on the cameras it doesn't seem like Kaylin escalated in any way she didn't like you know backlash and go gossip about her elsewhere I mean she obviously talked about it to the camera um but I didn't I don't love Kaylin, but I appreciate how she handled the situation. But I definitely think that uh, Christina deserves a patriarchy rose. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think about Hannah G? Would you give her a patriarchy rose? Oh, that's interesting. Um, you mean for, like, in what way? With this whole sort of, like, having information, withholding information oh, from yeah. Tasha, the other women, pulling them into this drama without, because she didn't say anything about Blake, you know, this whole thing. Yeah. I think Hannah's like really selfish. I think it comes from a place of like being, um, you know, like not being very sure of herself. I think it's very obvious. She has a lot of confidence issues. Like she doesn't have much of a, I mean, obviously she's beautiful and that's part of what makes her a hot commodity. Um, but she doesn't seem to have much of a personality. And I think a lot of that is just because 
she doesn't have a lot of confidence. So we just don't, she has a personality. I just don't think we see it that much because I don't think she cares to share it. I don't know if it's patriarchy versus just like her being selfish. What do you think? I'm, I'm open to being swayed. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe we should throw this to everyone listening to give their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it could go multiple ways. It's, I think it depends on how we define or how far we want to ripple out patriarchy, right? Because mm-hmm. really it's like pitting other women against each other, you know, not being honest. I feel like of all the people that should have informed Tasha perhaps about this goings on with Blake before going on this date and getting pulled into the whole thing yeah. probably should have been Hannah since she and Tasha have been in similar situations. Like Tasha points out when she confronts her, you know, they've both been blindsided on Colton season. They know each other. They've lived together. They're roommates there. Just, I think it would have been a good move to be honest, but I also understand Mm -hmm. I get it. So I'm kind of like, "Mm, I'm a little up in the air about that. Yeah. I think her comment um, about Tasha confronting her was problematic. Mm. I don't know if that's like patriarchy related, but you know, for those of you listening who don't watch the show, um, Tasha's a woman of color and, um, and Hannah just said, you know, Tasha attacked me and Mm. Tasha did not attack her. And we've seen, we've seen women attacking women (laughs) on the show Mm -hmm. and that was not it. Um, I think Tasha had grace and maturity and everything when she approached Hannah. And I just think Hannah is an incredibly privileged person in a lot of ways. And I think Tasha has a really good insight on her. I think that she um, has never been questioned and uh, she can just kind of get away with a lot of things that a lot of other women who are less beautiful by society standards or that aren't white or that aren't from same socioeconomic background or don't have like a million followers on Instagram. Like Hmm. I think she's privileged in a lot of ways. And I think that she just kind of milks it. And so then when things start to get a little uncomfortable, she's just going to start pointing fingers and blaming, mm-hmm. which is like something that the patriarchy does, but it's also like a product of white privilege too. So, right. um, right. And yeah. do we separate those two things or not? True. I think sometimes True. like they're kind of one in the same yeah. or they go hand in hand. And sometimes we want to separate them and talk about separate issues. So, who knows? That one's up yeah. in the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we definitely love to hear your opinions, everyone. So come over on Instagram and um, let us know. I definitely want to want to hear. Okay, so final segment. What are some moments that you're here for? I'm so here for Jordan giving Blake advice and being the mayor of paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Also, just his whole <laughs> shtick when he comes in and he's like, I'm the mayor of paradise. This is my beach. I need to clean this up. Everybody's making <laughs> They don't know what they're doing. Blake's dipping his spoon in all the pudding. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but then he's like, he has like these garden analogies that he brings in. Like, yeah. I just forgot how good his analogies are. Oh my gosh. Or, I should say ridiculous. When I first saw that he was coming back on previews, I was like, you know what? I think I'm over Jordan. Like, I'm just yeah. over him. No. And then I and I was like, oh no, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm so here for it. And also him and Demi doing this whole little like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, like a little segment. Like, like people watching. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. <they're> commentary. <laughs> yes. Of yeah. like, 
this guy's in an antidepressant commercial. These <laughs> girls are in a Forever 21 commercial. That was hilarious. Yeah, and then in the preview I that you sent see me. Them together. Like, I just want to see them co-host something together. They are oh, so yes. entertaining and they're so good together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They've got, they've got a good it. vibe. They've got a good energy together. Mm-hmm. Um, in the preview that you sent me of that scene, mm-hmm. he made a joke about how he loves affordable fashion. And then <laughs> they cut that out in the actual episode. And I was like, that was such a funny line. I don't know why they, I don't know why they cut it out. Um, one thing I said I'm here for is Jordan finding out about all the stuff that Blake's done, like his face when he's like list- talking to all the women that he pulls off, like his eyeballs are like going to poke out of or pop out of his head. And it's so, so funny. Um, another thing that I was there for is Mike's stellar audition for The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we all know that's why he's there. And like he has not, at least so far, he has not taken one wrong step. Like he has done everything right. He's focusing on one person at a time. He's taking everything with grace. He's staying far away from the drama. He's definitely making a run for The Bachelor and I am 100% here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you here for? I have more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Clay and his like sports analogies at the table with everybody. And he just I miss, I totally going. Miss those. He just keeps going. He's like, yeah, I mean, like, we're in paradise, and so if somebody comes in and takes somebody on a date that I'm interested in, it's just the rules of the game, you know? It's like, in basketball, I don't get mad if someone blocks my shot, or in football, oh, like, I whatever. Know. And then it's like, I don't get mad at the ice because it's slippery, you know? And, like, it's so funny because everyone's, like, laughing at the first one and two and three, like, so hard, and I'm like, why are they laughing so hard at these jokes? <laughs> They're not that funny. And then... And then at the end, he just keeps going and they're like, okay, buddy, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then Blake's toe injury. Did we get to this? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Karma. It was just so bad. I kind of felt bad for him because the girls were like, that's what you get. I'm happy about it. And they're like, they were laughing at him. And it literally, it reminded me of like, middle school high school like Mm -hmm. gossip and like being kind of one of the mean girls honestly like that's what it reminded me of like it was like don't you but it was also like a little like a little bit i know i'm like when someone gets injured in front of me i'm like oh i feel like it's happening to me you know (laughs) yeah like how do you not feel that way so bad (laughs) but it was kind of ironic yeah i thought it was interesting that that happened yeah pretty funny Another moment I was here for was um, after, we didn't even talk about this, but Jordan asked Hannah on a date. She initially said yes. And then she went and said, sorry, I can't do it. And she just like, her couldn't do it was just like the most kind of pathetic, like no I've ever heard. And, And so then Jordan goes to the camera and he's talking and I forget, I didn't write down word for what he said, but he basically says, Hannah needs take a cup of coffee, look in the mirror. Oh and my God. Yes. Say, like you're awesome. Or how are you doing today? Like, how are you? And like the way he does it is so funny, <laughs> but also like, it's so true. And like, I know he's like so wise. Person. He so really funny. is. Like, I think he's I a lot it. wiser than he comes across. Cause he kind of comes across as like a, Jokes. not a meathead, but like, yeah. a I don't know. And, and I thought that was, I was like, when he said that, I was like, yes, I'm here for that. <laughs> I think he was saying, I think the point that he was saying, if I'm, or the point he was making, if I remember this correctly, is about um, 
just nobody knows how they feel. They're going back and forth on things. Everybody here needs to just take a cup of coffee, look in the mirror and say, how are you doing today? Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted her <laughs> like, to like stop worrying about herself. everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, that's what totally. Was. He just picked up on her people pleasing things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I really liked that. Okay. Um, I have another one. What do you one. have? When... <laughs> When everybody, I think it's like Tasha, Demi, and somebody else, maybe Sydney or something, they're all sitting on like a little bench or by a table and they're like talking about how Mike is a stud and he's like, I have big ass ears. I can hear you. And he's walking over. <laughs> so many funny moments and they just like start laughing. And then another moment with Mike was um, where Onyeka was just, the edit on this is just too good. Like, it's like her dreamy sequence of Mike and this whole thing. And then she, Katie and Demi are on this little day bed and Mike is coming over, or at least this is how it's edited. And he like waves to them or something. And they all wave back with this like little girlish. (laughs) It felt like a scene from Greece, you know, where they're like, hi. so funny. Yeah. I also loved like, and I I guess like in a less funny, I actually really liked Kaylin and Dean's date. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, a lot of dates, like, on the Bachelor franchise, like, follow a formula of, like, what are you looking for? I could Mm -hmm. see myself potentially falling in love with you. Like, it just kind of, it's formulaic and whatever. I'm here for it, but whatever. But their date was not on that template or script at all. Like, she kept saying, like, I don't know how I feel about you. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I definitely have gone out with guys before where I'm, like, I don't know how I feel. I'm kind of, actually, I think I might have felt like that with my husband. Like, what's he like? you're definitely not like who I would normally be dating. I don't know about you. Like I, so I totally related to to that. Mm -hmm. And I also loved how Dean was basically like, yeah, I grew my hair out. I have an ugly mustache. I I live in a van. I don't have a job, but Hey, maybe you want to marry me. Right. (laughs) And their date just, I just, I just felt like, I don't know. I just got a different feeling after watching their date versus like the normal formulaic bachelor dates. And I was yep. just like, yeah, I, that feels real to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. And I like what they provide for one another a little bit too, yeah. that like, she's this, she comes from this world of pageants and perfection and modeling and all this stuff and like clean and to the point and very straightforward. And he's very much like, I blew up my life and I live in a van and I just His go wherever, not whenever. Nice. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, I saw it too. Cause I looked like, after that because I was like, I didn't know that that yeah, was. Yeah. This possible. is not like one of those like fancy RVs no. or it's not like a renovation project that you, no. see, you research it like a shitty RV life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not glamorous at all. It's funny though. I'm like, okay, I could see that. And also Caitlin has said, or she didn't say, but this came out from her time on Colton's season, the thing that was said in the van with Cassie and all the other girls heard it and this caused a big conflict in the house and stuff. But she was saying that she slid into Dean's DMs before coming on the show. So she already kind of had her sights set on him, but now she's like, I don't know. Cause he's probably, I mean, he, I don't know when he made that big change in his life or if that's always been how he's been. It's fairly recent, but I'm not okay. sure. So maybe oh, so she's like, I had my DMs before Colton's season yeah. aired or before they filmed Colton's season? Before they filmed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like that has to be hard because I'm sure a lot of people are sliding into his DMs after right. Rachel's. He was, he was really popular after Rachel's season. Yep. 
Yep. Give me one more. I kind of loved Caitlin's date with Mike too. Yeah. How did you feel about that? I mean, I just love Mike. And so I had, I had mixed feelings. I was like, all right, this is cute. But Mm -hmm. Mike, don't get a girlfriend. Don't get a fiance. Mm -hmm. Bachelor. (laughs) I know. So good. Yeah. But I felt it was like fun to watch them together because they were so giggly and giddy Mm -hmm. and happy and it just felt really genuine in a way too. I think he kind of brought the realness out of Kaylin that we've been wanting to see. Yeah. Maybe. Totally. And then this funny moment where like the mariachi people just start playing and then there's more popping out of different (laughs) spots in the building around them. I was like, I can't imagine being in that scenario right now. I'd be like peeing my pants. That's so funny. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I want, I want Mike to be totally perfect at Bachelor in Paradise so he can be yeah. Bachelor. Obviously, I want his happiness, but not right now. He can have his happiness in December <laughs> when they finish wrapping up filming for Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like, it just reminded me of like when he came on the screen and he came down the stairs, I was like, oh my God, if I had a whole season of this, I would be mm-hmm. so happy, like way he happier. Just- and I liked Pete, way ha- but like yeah. I'd be way happier to see Mike. Well, Mike can carry, he has the presence to carry a show, you know, he has the presence to be a lead. He has the head on his shoulders to make good decisions. He's very charismatic. He's very, I'm ready for Bachelor to get a little older, not all 23 year olds. Right. And Pete is what, 25, 26 or something? He's pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's about as old as Colton. That's just, uh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think we've seen that that doesn't work now, that we've had two seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette that just were too young, it felt. Yeah. Like yeah. the people that they brought on, the cast members, the Bachelor or Bachelorette themselves, it, it's sort of like you're not at a space yet where you can honor that process in the same way or engage right. in that process in the same right. way or yeah. what you're looking for might just be really different. So, yeah, yeah. unfortunate. But I mean, Cassie and Colton, they work out, but there wasn't an engagement at the end. So yeah. Yeah. And Hannah was, Hannah was a great bachelorette or she mm-hmm. grew into being a great bachelorette, yes. but oh gosh, love her. Um, but I mean, like her ending was she ended up single, which I think is probably the best thing for her. Right. Same. But, but if we want to like the franchise wants the marriage or the engagement at least, right. then um, I think it needs to be a little older. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good test. Now they know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you so much for coming on to helping me break down the show. It's just super fun. Thank you for having me. This is like a dream come true. To <laughs> well, I love your insight. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much to Emily for coming onto the show and helping me break down week two of Bachelor in Paradise. Now, as we talked about on the show, please send me a DM and let me know what you think. What do you think the deal is with Hannah? And what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to stay together? Who do you think is going to break up? Who else do you think is going to make an appearance? Obviously, I want to know all of these things. However, please, no spoilers. I promise to not have any spoilers on this podcast and I do not read spoilers. So please do not DM me anything. With spoilers. That being said, I also want to give you some episodes you might want to listen to from this podcast that are going to help you really integrate some of the stuff that we talked about. Now, I know this is a silly, ridiculous, sometimes over the top show, but it's still human behavior and we can learn a lot from it. And so I want to give you some episodes that will 
help you to integrate some of the things that we were talking about and give you some actionable steps. So we talked a lot about people pleasing. We talked a lot about feminine and masculine energy, and we talked a lot about, you know, where your energy and where your emotions are in a relationship. Are you putting someone or something on a pedestal and how to bring everything back down to earth? So here are some episodes that I recommend if one or all of these topics really resonate with you with something going on in your life. The first episode I recommend you listen to is episode 67. That's an older episode, so it's likely not on your podcast player anymore. However, you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 67. And that episode is all about balancing your feminine and masculine energy for amazing relationships. So again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 67. The next episode that I highly recommend you listen to if you identify with being a people pleaser or if you found yourself attracting a lot of people with narcissistic tendencies is to listen to episode 94, which is called the people pleaser narcissist trap. And again, you can listen to that at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 94. And that will help you to really understand why you're attracting the kind of partners that you're attracting and what you can begin to do to change that pattern in your life. And the final episode that I highly recommend you listen to, especially if you find yourself putting people or ideas or things on pedestals, to listen to episode 135, which is called How to Know What Real Love and a Healthy Relationship Feel Like. And you can listen to that at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 135. Now that's a more recent episode, so it's hopefully likely still on your podcast player wherever you listen. So you can probably listen from there. And again, if it's not available there on your podcast player, just head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 135. And you can listen there and you'll get lots of action steps to help you bring people off pedestals and to really know what real love is supposed to feel like and how to know, you know, what it feels like for you and in your life. All right, my dear, that is all I have for you this week. I will be back in your earbuds this Thursday with a regular episode of the Love Life Connection. And I will be back next Saturday with another bonus episode of Bachelor in Paradise Breakdown. Until then, have a great week and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.